Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those. And now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season, and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. We're a month away from the playoff committee's boldest contradiction yet. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday, and I rarely spend much time talking about the weekly playoff rankings when they come out in the context of, hey, look at the playoff rankings that were released last night. Can you believe this, this, this? That's that's not the value. Uh, the value is taking any sliver of information you get from those rankings and unfolding it into in this case it's december 5th uh the day that the four playoff seats are given out and that's a month from now and when i say the playoff committee's boldest contradiction yet there is a very real chance that the four seeds in order and i'm talking about teams that went out there is a very real chance that the four seeds are Georgia, Oklahoma, 
Ohio State, and not Oregon. Now, not Oregon could be Cincinnati. Not Oregon Not Oregon could be Notre Dame. We'll get to that in a while. But there are a lot of stories out there about how who could be and who could upset this, that, and the other. And most of it right now, it's just wishful thinking. But that that could be the four. Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and not Oregon. And I'm talking about an Oregon resume and an Ohio State resume that look a lot alike. 12-1, and Power 5 Conference Championship. Well, we're picking the four best teams. And it's I'm quoting the committee. And it's not just one afternoon on the field. It's the entire season. And that's true. I believe that's who's going to the playoffs. Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and not Oregon. And it's because Oregon will pay the Pac-12 tax that even with the Ducks finishing 12-1 and and with a conference title, there's a very real chance the committee says, yeah, same record, both have a conference title. You beat Ohio State at their place without your best player. Sorry. Now, for what it was worth, if Cincinnati beats SMU, the committee may kill as many birds with one vote as possible and give the Bearcats the four seed because it resolves so many other discrepancies like Oregon, Ohio State, and also tell the G5, hush up, you got your bid. And everyone is fully aware Cincinnati would get mollywopped as the four seed by number one Georgia, and that's just an added feature. Oh, you really want some? All right, here you go. Hey, you be sure to ask for a four seat again anytime. Because at that point, I think even Kirby looked around and he goes, I, I know I've been brought in. I know I've been brought in to do a job. And part of it is to send a message to G5. When that happens, at that point, check a lot of boxes. Well, we invited him in. It's similar to Notre Dame. Do you remember Brian Kelly talking after last year's most recent exit by Notre Dame in the playoffs? It was all about, hey, we were close. Hey, we were closer than people thought. Hey, we were closer than anybody covering the game today. Brian Kelly went on and on about how we are good enough and we are closer than we've been and we are improving and we can match up better without, and none of it was true. Notre Dame is not anywhere close today to where Georgia is, for instance, as the number one team coming out of the SEC or Alabama. And I'm talking about offensive ability to keep up. And so what happens next time? Notre Dame has spent some of that currency with the committee. I promise you it has. So, so that's the scenario that the committee is looking at in a month that they have at number four they have this round robin of discrepancies and contradictions and one of them will almost certainly have to be included now i say almost certainly like wake forest for instance that's a fairy tale wake forest is 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 so much better than anyone expected even dave clausen dave clausen hey are they better than you expected oh yeah i thought we'd you know be an okay team this year i didn't think it'd be eight no Wake Forest, as far as where they are now, wow. 
They've done a good job, and they've had some good wins. And when other teams have had four turnovers on a day, Wake Forest playing on the same field, same weather, same everything, it's like, no, nope, not us. You had the turnovers. We're better. So we get the dub. The idea of, hey, Wake Forest still has the ACC in the running. No, it doesn't. Wake Forest plays North Carolina this Saturday, don't they? I think there's a chance Mac Brown says, you know what? We're going to redeem this entire schedule. We're going to redeem this entire season to this point and just step on the gas if they're able. And I don't know if they're able. And and that is that's really disrespectful to Wake Forest and what they've achieved so far. But I just don't buy it on a larger scale. It's real. It's real for the ACC and sort of the Coastal this year. But they still play Clemson and who? BC and NC State. I talked about Michigan State. They're eight and zero. They could finish eight and four. Wake Forest is eight and zero. They could finish eight and four. Auburn. I'm wearing my stuff today. It was clean. I just picked it out of the closet. Um, this idea about Auburn, the math, sure, the math could work for Auburn to be an SEC champion, but that's all. There are a lot of t- that's all that works. The math, the actual on field, uh, that could come undone this Saturday. May not, but it could. And then there's that Iron Bowl. So there are a lot of teams we're looking at right now. And we are extrapolating out what could happen. And by math, it could. But then there's reality. And reality is not Wake Forest running the table and solving all these problems. Uh, Not going to happen. The reality isn't Michigan State losing only to Ohio State and the committee saying, hey, we think so much of the Buckeyes. Hey, Sparty, you're in too. It's not happening. I will tell you, there is one thing that I can promise you. It resolves all this. I know one guy who's not going to like it very much, but there is one scenario that resolves all of the Everybody involved, that one guy, uh, would love this outcome. What solves all of this? What checks every box? What puts a bow around everything? Alabama wins in Atlanta. And then the committee is like, wait a minute. I know there are a lot of other teams that just have one loss, just like Alabama, Oregon, sorry. But they just beat Georgia. Now, the reality is they're Bama. But we can, they just beat Georgia, and that's not nothing. That's the number one team who probably at that point would fall to two or three, depending on what the committee decides, as long as they don't have to play Alabama. And I don't even know. Maybe you put Bama, gosh, as SEC champ with the same record and head-to-head, they have to be ahead of Georgia. So you put them all the way up number one? The, the, there is wrangling to be done. And the committee right now, every corner they look at, as far as the records and how it appears now, discrepancy, contradiction, trap door, et cetera, a lot of this is going to figure itself out. Like I said, Michigan State, I think, figures itself out maybe even on Saturday. Wake Forest, maybe that figures itself out on Saturday. Auburn, maybe that figures itself out on Saturday. A lot of these storylines that we are forcing into the potential playoff or at least at the outset who could upset, be spoiler for the a lot of that stuff should start with once upon a time. And then Wake Forest went 13-0. and The end. We're going to take a break, come back with more college football conversation next.
Watch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Download it now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. We're too predictable uh, about formations, too predictable first down. Uh, we're very, very predictable on uh, on defense. Uh, we need to have more of a variety on first down. We are uh, giving them the same looks over and over again. Uh, there's not much disguise. What we line up in, we were in. I'm here. I'm just processing. I, but, but, but I'm here. That's Ed Ogeron. Y'all know that. And y'all understood what he was saying. This is the horrifying part of that comment by Ed Ogeron, and I'm a fan of Ed Ogeron. I'm not a fan of him being a head coach of an SEC program, and I said that during 2019. I was like, he's not along for the ride. He is not, and this was the the most base, bottom line disgrace. He's not just a mascot um, as LSU head coach. Now, what is he going to be now? He's going to run coaching camps. He's going to be doing personal appearances. And instead of LSU across the left side chest of his uh, golf shirt, it's going to say Coach O coaching seminars or whatever it is. But what he's saying there, this is the horrifying part. The head coach of any college, I don't know, uh, Bryant College, Huntington, it doesn't matter, go wherever you want to. The head coach of any college football team, is never supposed to be saying the same words about what's wrong with the uh, team as the fans up in the corner of the end zone. That's not – and I'm saying corner of the end zone because worst view, furthest away, what at least in form and, quote, just fans. It's anybody who's not at practice, anybody who doesn't watch game film, it's media, it's fans, it's folks who just tune in, it's gamblers, it's Gary Danielson, whomever. Do you know what's not supposed to happen? The head coach isn't supposed to be given the same evaluation and critique as dude sitting in corner of the end zone. Not supposed to be the same evaluation as the lady at the tailgate before she even goes into the game and she's like, I don't know if I am. Not supposed to be the same evaluation. Do you hear him? He's like, oh, too predictable. Do you know what the, I don't want to say drunken fan because you don't have to be drunk. I did this as a 12-year-old. Why don't we blitz more? Um, that's always – we need to blitz more and we need to throw more screen passes. That's that's Those are the two that just push back. Um, I'll give Ron Zook credit for one thing, and I mentioned this actually while he was still uh, in office in Gainesville. I was listening to his radio program on his call-in show. He just agreed with everybody. It was the best – it was the easiest way to get through the callers. Coach, we need to blitz more. Uh, You're right. You are right. Maybe we'll do that this weekend. Coach, we blitz too much. I know. I know. We're probably going to back away from that. He agreed with everybody. I was like, he's figured it out. We're too predictable. But at the end, I think the very last thing he said was, you know, we don't disguise anything on defense. He says, "What we're in the same first down, you know what we're going to be in. Um, He said, what we line up in, he says, when the ball snaps, that's a snap. That's what we're in. He's like, the first look you get, all right, well, that's what it's going to be. There is a behind-the-scenes dynamic going on 
whenever there is a coaching change, it's that the coaches, like the, the what is it, 10 assistants total now? was nine is 10. Those guys are looking for new jobs. There are coaches who sort of kind of come with the furniture. Like Rodney Gardner was thought to be that way at, at Auburn, that potentially he was going to, and then Ryan Harson's like, no, I got my own ideas. But there are coaches who are thought to kind of come along. You know, um, Odell at Florida State, doesn't he kind of come with the program? Like if you take the job, you get Odell. There are coaches like that. For the most part, you clean house. And whoever the LSU, that's such a prime job. The caliber of coach that gets that gig, he's got sway. He's, he, he's got upper hand. The caliber of coach that, that I believe a, a program like LSU even considers, much less hires, oh, wasn't supposed to happen. That he was never supposed to be head coach. The caliber of a guy that LSU was going to hire to be head coach, he already has his very own ideas about offense, so he doesn't keep Steve Insmere around, for instance. He's gone. I, I understand. I'm just giving you an example. He brings in his own guys, and he has enough of a resume and enough achievement that the administration or whoever's doing the interview, they look at him and go, yeah, okay, I guess. That... So, if this were Middle Tennessee State and Coach Stock still finally decided, you know what, sunset, here I come. Whoever Middle Tennessee State hires, you can kind of dictate terms to. LSU's too good for that. That job is too good for that. The caliber of individual who you would actually offer it to, he's shown up on his terms. And, and it kind of should be that way. So, the backstory is you have all of these coaches right now, they're trying to get their next gig. Because they don't get seventeen million or sixteen point nine million dollars. They don't get that. They get some. They don't get that. And Coach O, do you know what? It's November fourth, two thousand twenty-one. Dan, schedule Coach Orgeron for one year from right now. Is that a Friday or a Saturday? If it's Friday, if it's not a leap year, Friday, November fourth, two thousand twenty-two. Do you know what he will be doing? Media. He'll be on with us. He'll be on with whoever else. He'll be doing all that because he ain't got to work. He may be in Gulf Shores. He may, I don't, he may be at the Beau Rivage. I have no idea. But he won't have a whistle or a clipboard. Do you know what Durante Jones is hoping to have one year from today? Do you know what he's hoping? A whistle and a clipboard. He has to be employed. His boss just said, God awful. He's terrible. We're two months into the season, and he only knows one first down defense. If you're direct, you're going into your next inning now, here's the thing. And I said this about um, Jimmy Lake the other day. I was like, what if what Jimmy Lake said was true about Oregon? It was. Now, there are a lot of things that are true that it's that's just the first box I check. I'm like, well, I need to investigate if it's accurate. If it's not true, I'd be like, Jimmy, why'd you say that? It's not true. It's true. Now you can say, well, it's smart to say. If I'm an assistant coach and we know that there's going to be a change, it's always a balancing act. I have to fulfill my current duties while also trying to make sure I got food next year. I promise you, after those comments from Ed Ogeron, I I can't imagine there's one guy on that staff who's motivated to really do his best 
to get the team prepared for who do they play? Oh, yeah, Alabama. I can't imagine that there's a single coach on that that wants to bleed and sweat a little bit to make sure you're just a little bit better on Saturdays. It's all about football now, pro and college. Lines for this week are coming your way. Hi, I'm Dan Matthews for BetUS, and let's get to some of those odds. How about we start with Auburn at Texas A&M. Aggies are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Aggies are also minus 200 on the money line. Tigers plus 170. Over-under is 49-and-a-half. LSU, a huge underdog at Alabama. Crimson Tide, a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 66 and a hook. North Carolina State on the road against Florida State. Wolfpack are just a two and a half point favorite against the Knolls. Money line is minus 135 for NC State. The Knolls are plus 115 over under 55 and a half. Wake Forest, believe it or not, a road underdog at struggling North Carolina. The Tar Heels favored by two and a hook. Demon Deacons are plus 115 on the money line at UNC minus 135 over under is 76 and a half. Let's head to the pros as the Bengals, a two and a half point favorite at home for the in-state Browns. Cincinnati is minus 130 money line at Cleveland is plus 110 over under 47 points. Steelers are a six and a half point favorite on Monday night for the Bears as Pittsburgh is minus 265 money line at Chicago plus 225 over under is 40. How about a chance to make some money when you sign up with BetUS? How about you enter the promo code SST125 with this promo code BetUS giving you 125% on a sign up bonus. For example, that first deposit $100, you're getting an extra 125 bucks. You're using cryptocurrency? That's cool. Enter the promo code SST200. When you do this, you get a 200% sign up bonus on crypto deposits. So if that first crypto deposit is $100, you're getting $200 extra. Those are a look at some of the odds for the weekend brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. More college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. I love somebody who will uh, show us both ends of a personality. Uh, Our next guest, he is not only an editor, which means crossing and dotting and being perfect. Uh, He's an editor, but he also hosts a podcast called College Football Uncensored. So I imagine that's like the opposite of being an editor. It's like whatever comes out, brother, that's what's on it. From Saturday down south, it is Chris Barler. Chris, welcome back, man. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I've got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit concerned about your alma mater uh, as, a, as a, you know, a, a born and raised Alabama fan, but I'm sure we're going to get into that at some point. Yeah, we can do it now. I was actually talking about how the um, committee is hoping that the, the, the way the playoff committee gets out from under every contradiction that they have this year is for Alabama to not only make it to Atlanta, but win there so that Bama and Georgia can both go. Um, but let's talk about what has to happen for Alabama leading up to that. Um, LSU, is there too much dysfunction? Is there, I mean, is, is this a competitive thing even this weekend? To be honest, no. I, I, I don't, I think 
you know, one of the weirdest things I think I've, I've seen during the 14 years that Saban's been a head coach in Tuscaloosa is the fact that going into that game last year, you, we always see some level of, um, for lack of better words, decorum maybe from, from Saban, where he, he doesn't really – he plays things close to the vest and he's not going to really ever tip his hand on how he feels like emotionally about something. Last year going into that LSU game when he flat out told uh, whoever the sideline reporter is, and I'm drawing a blank on her name now, before that game that, you know, a lot of things happened last year. They had a celebration in the locker room on the field, blah, blah, blah. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but when he said they felt that they could be on the same field as us and we need to go remind them that they, that they, they, they can't, basically. Um, that was one of the most shocking things I've seen from a Nick Saban interview throughout his time there. And then they went out and were up, I believe, 45-7 at the half. So I think it's going to be, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as that was last year. I don't know if it, it, uh, it, it still stings as bad for that 2019 loss. But I don't think anybody in crimson and white, I don't think anybody in the stands or in that locker room forgot what what was going on in 2019 and all the extracurricular stuff that happened post uh, post LSU two years ago. So if we look at Alabama then and their prospects for the rest of the season, and you already mentioned it there, um, obviously after LSU this weekend, they've got New Mexico State, they've got an Arkansas team that is still game but probably doesn't have enough bullets, and then it's on the road for the Iron Bowl. Um, Auburn was one of the teams I was talking about at the outside of the program today. I was like, they're better, that, and it's real. It's concrete. It ain't sand. This seems like a bit much to be talking about scenarios. Now, granted, it's still a month out uh, or three weeks out. That seems like a bit much for this Auburn team at this point. Um, talk about your impressions of the Tigers. I, I tell you what, man, I don't think we're talking nearly enough, and, and I'll, I'll blame part of this. It could be part of the uncensored part of this interview. Um, the, the Alabama media has not done anywhere close to a good enough job and done the justice that's deserved for how good of a job from a coaching standpoint, Brian Harson and his staff have done this season in Auburn. I, I just, I think it's, I know, I know, I know what the record is. I understand that, that they're not, you know, that they probably aren't going to be going to a college football playoff. Oh, barring I, a, I a said yesterday, of, I, I, Chris, I said yesterday, he, he's the SEC coach of the year for me right now. Has to be, has to be. Like, and I don't understand why we're not talking about that. I, I understand all the stories, right? Like, I, like I, you know, we're, we're so quick to jump on kind of like the Disney story with like the Sam Pittman stuff in Arkansas early mm -hmm. in the year, but there has not been a more consistent newcomer to this league than Brian Harson, and it's been really impressive to watch. I agree with you on that. Um, so Alabama, from their standpoint, if they do get 4-0 in November and take care of LSU and everybody else and they roll into Atlanta, um, their defense is it's – it's not – it's not just that, well, it advantage Georgia. It's there's something wrong with Bama's defense. If you just drop it in the fishbowl of what we expect from Bama's defense each year, um, give me your impressions, what you've seen the first two months of the season from that unit. So I disagree. I, I, I think that there's, there's something that they're, they're not maybe even as dominant as they are as good as they were last year, even though the numbers are better outside of uh, points per game. Um, I, but I think this is a defense that, like, I, I think people are so quick to, to try and blame something, especially in Tuscaloosa. And Bama fans, listen, hear me out here because I'm yeah. one of them. But you are the most entitled fan base in this entire country, and, you, and it, it's, it, 
blows my mind that year in year out we have to sit here and do this whole song and dance with you got to fire Pete Golding about why because if, if we're if we're talking about outside of that one game in College Station, I didn't hear any of this fire Pete Golding talk when you're when you're when you're bringing up that first half against Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin when you shut out the number one scoring offense and first half scoring offense in the country and held them to zero points in the first half of that game. I didn't hear any of this when you held Mike Leach to zero points for the second straight or zero touchdowns uh, for the second consecutive year the following week after that. And, you know, Tennessee comes in, and I understand that Tennessee and Bama fans think they should have just rolled in that game or whatever. But the fact that, like, they came in with the number five rushing offense in the country and are held to, like, 74 yards, and they they leave Tuscaloosa with the 14th-ranked rushing offense. And, like, the the total yards they were held to versus, like, what they came in with, I guess, like, on on average, it it just blows my mind that that every single year we have this argument. And, And I honestly, I don't think there are some holes in that defense, but the holes, if you want to talk about where Bama's going to struggle, and especially in that game, and in my opinion, while they'll get beat by 14 against Georgia, is that offensive line. That's where the struggle is. Oh, well, expound on that. Please do, because I agree. And, like, the further you get, the further away from left tackle you get, that's where the problems start to get a little more pronounced. That is that is the best way to put it, Chuck. That is that is spot on because you talk about, I mean, you know, Dallin Court is is I, I don't know if you remember Chris Caps, but he's the one that allowed like seven different sacks in the 2005 Iron Bowl. I'm dating myself here, but still, um, you know, I feel like you're you're 100 right. Like the further away you get from left tackle, and the further away you get from Evan Neal, the the I mean, I don't even want to say the overall talent because you know they got four and five stars everywhere, but kind of the overall talent and the cohesiveness of that line is constantly in question. And it's, it's listen, I said this during the A&M game, okay? When you're watching the A&M game, they struggled pre-snap with a lot of different looks, and, and they struggled, struggled post-snap with a lot of different blitzes, and none of them were exotic blitzes. It wasn't like they, you know, it wasn't like Elko was bringing up safeties and bringing corner blitzes or any kind of like that and disguising these crazy blitz packages. I mean, he was bringing four and five dudes the whole time, and Bama couldn't figure out a way up front to deal with it. And if you couldn't do that against A&M, who's still a good defense, but if you couldn't do it against A&M, what makes you think you're going to do it against this front four or front seven of, of UGA? Wrapping up with Chris Marler. You can get him at Saturday Down South. Also, College Football Uncensored, uh, the podcast, and it's good stuff there. Uh, let's talk Missouri-Georgia for just a second. And I've been asking, like Monday I sent a text, uh, hey, Basilak, any word? No word. Tuesday, any word? No word. Yesterday I sent the text, it was like, no word. And and, and this was the follow-up. And honestly, it doesn't matter. Um, right. <laughs> Do you have any update on Basilac, and 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 does it matter as far as even aesthetics? It, no, and, and I'm like I was gonna say before you even brought that up, uh, that would have been my exact response. And then also, I mean, just you know, kudos to you for doing the due diligence. But I mean, yeah, there's not a there's not a team on this schedule that face in front of Georgia right now that I think, and, and you could say Bama just because of the hump that that that, that would mean that they would be getting over. Um, but outside of that, I, I, there's not a team on the schedule that I think that would really worry me uh, against this Georgia team. Because I, I just, it doesn't matter who's at, at quarterback against them. And, and, it, and, again, I don't think it matters who the quarterback for them either. Uh, last thing, what happens in Lexington Saturday? Oh, God. Vegas is just trying to just take all my money. I, I, just, I, I am so worried about this game. I'm going to bet on Tennessee, I guess, because – you know, it's, they didn't build all those giant billion-dollar uh, hotels and casinos in the middle of the desert out of nothing. It, it makes no sense to me that they, this would be a pick em. So I, I have a feeling, uh, even though they're going into the staunch, uh, rowdy, raucous environment of Kroger Field, that I think Tennessee comes away with a victory, especially after that bye week. 
Is that a where Kentucky is right now? Because they were staring at an attainable 11-1, and and they basically just picked it up and threw it off a bridge last week. They did. They did. I, you know, and I don't, I don't know. Like, like the, the, this is, like, again, the Disney – I mean, Kentucky is basically just the Arkansas of the East this year, right? I mean, like, it, like or maybe the Arkansas of October. Um, because you, you want to have this feel-good story, and you want to you want them to kind of – I don't know. Like you said, like, 11-1 is attainable. And now you're looking at double-digit wins. Maybe that's still attainable. But I think it says a lot, and I'm, I'm not one to go against Vegas. So um, I, I think that might just be where they're at right now. And the problem is, it's Will Levis. It just, I, like, if you would have said they went into Starkville and they ran the football and did what they're good at, and they, and they still came up short, then I would understand it. But when you're talking about Chris Rodriguez and you're getting outrushed by Mississippi State, yep. then it's a problem within. Actually, I lied. One more question. Um, Dan Mullen, and I had said last week, it'll you know, the story won't be the loss. It'll be Dan Mullen's reaction after the loss because everybody was expecting the Gators to lose. Um, just give me your download on on this whole situation with Dan and the fact, like, and I don't mean to be simplistic here, but I'm like, dude, you're in Gainesville. This is not Starkville anymore. Um, and, and, and that's not disrespectful to the Mississippi State or the media or whatever. It's just different. When the expectation is national titles, that means it's different to be the head coach at UF. And he doesn't always seem to get that. At least that's my impression. My exact take on this this week on the podcast was, it's like that scene from Austin Powers where, um, you know, he's, Scott Evil's trying to, like, like tell his dad, like, what if we did this? And he's like, you just don't get it, do you, Scott? Like, I mean, Dan just doesn't get it. And it's kind of our own fault or, you know, maybe yeah. it's, he's a victim of his own success if you think about it. Because when you're in Starkville, the, the, the ceiling on your, on your overall, you know, wins and where the program should be is obviously lower. I, I've, I've said for years that, that I kind of thought Mississippi State was the South Carolina of the East, and, and lately that has been proven very wrong. But, um, but, like, when you talk about Mississippi State, when you win eight, eight wins, that's good. That's, that's what that, that program, like, wants to be for the most part. I mean, like, or, or should be for the most part. That's elevated when you get to Gainesville. And, and I think when you talk about recruiting to a guy who has – I mean, he took a Mississippi State team full of three stars, not three and four, three stars – with Dak Prescott and took him to number one in the country. And so why would he think that he needs to recruit? And now he has, he has like, you know, a, even more talent uh, in Gainesville to work with. I, I think that he's kind of a victim of his own success. I think he's a little bit, um, I, don't, I don't hate to say this, but a little bit of uh, his own pride and narcissism is kind of getting in his own way. Oh, he's arrogant. Uh, Absolutely. Without a doubt, right? And so I think when you, when you look at a, a program like Florida – the ceiling is not eight wins. The ceiling is, is a national championship, and that's where they want to be, right or wrong, every single year. And I, I think that Mullen, you're, especially when things – we saw this last year against A&M, Chuck. Especially when things get tough and somebody gets is, is challenging him, that's when he digs in even further or digs in even harder and, and is like, you know what? No, I'm doing this my way. You don't get to tell me what's this and that because look at the success I've already had with less talent at a place like Mississippi State. And, and so – I think I think it's to his own detriment, man. I, I really do, and it, you hate to see it, but um, I, I don't think he's there much longer uh, in general, whether it's on his own accord or if it's, it's Florida doing it. Oh, well, you know, which I'm hearing you say, and you'll understand this, it's very Paul Johnson, my triple option offense. I'm going to win, and I'm going to middle finger you the whole way. I'm going to show you that I can win my way. And you're going to hate every second of it. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate it as always, man. Thank you. Good, man. All right, Chris Marler again, Saturday down south. There is some of that. And, again, I've said here's the tough part. I'm a damn Mullen fan. Um, and it is arrogance. And, by the way, there's supposed to be. 
I don't really talk baseball much on here because we're a college football show, but um, years ago, John Scherholtz was GM of Kansas City, won a World Series. GM with Atlanta Braves, won a World Series. He's in the Hall of Fame now. He's supposed to be. While he was still GM, I remember coming. I caught myself on air, and I finished the sentence. I was like, there's at the trade deadline. Um, and you go back and look at it. They had whiffed on acquiring star, 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 star. And then they got a shortstop, a guy named Jose Hernandez, who had some pop. He was a human turnstile. Um, and I remember going on there. It's like, why was the only player you're able to uh, uh, acquire a shortstop that swing and miss and all? Just It was really underwhelming. And when John Sherholtz addressed the media later, there was a very clear attitude of, who the heck are you to question me? And I talked about that on the air the next day. I was like, he didn't want to hear it. He didn't want questions. He didn't want questions from me or anybody else in that room. It was very clear that he was looking around going, who are any of y'all to question my baseball? And you know what I realized the next day when I was criticizing him for it? I started the sentence as a critique, as a, excuse me, as a criticism. I ended it with, and he's right. He may be going to the Hall of Fame. There are times when someone is so good at what he or she does that the question is offensive. Now, depending on what job you occupy, you still need to answer it and address and everything else. Dan Mullen, very clear. Who the heck are you to question me about football? And you know what? He's right. I've mentioned this a couple of months ago. Like, everybody closed practice now. Nobody gets to see anything from practice. And I've said that if you let media and you let fans in, you let every televised practice, almost everybody who watches, we wouldn't know what we're watching. We wouldn't know what we're staring at. That's how much. Do you remember Will Muschamp? And he was bad about this. Will would call you out in a press conference. Somebody would say, hey, coach, you had a hard time stopping the run today. All right, well, when I look and see Georgia Southern went for like 350 on the ground or whatever it was, I don't know what the number was. And it was, hey, coach, you had a hard time stopping the run. That is a fair question. Do you know how Will Muschamp would respond? Do you know what inline means? Do you know who we option on this play? Do you know? He started asking X's and O's of a reporter so that the reporter had to go, no, I don't know as much as you. I will say walking into a press conference, Hey, Ryan Day, I don't know as much as you. Hey, Mike Leach, guess what? I don't know, but I'm going to ask you a question. How, is that okay? I plan on going to the SEC title game. Kirby and Saban probably will be there. Yeah, I don't know as much as them. I'm still going to ask a question. And so Dan Mullen, I don't, unless Steve Spurrier joins the media full-time, there's nobody in that press conference post-game in Gainesville that knows as much about football as him. You still need to answer the questions because I'm not asking you for a detailed breakdown of what you did on Jayhawk 99 Z seam, whatever the play. I don't care what it was. Hey, you don't stop the run very well. And you brought in three grown men transfer defensive linemen. Why aren't you stopping the run better? That's a fair question. Recruiting this, passing the ball, that turnovers, ARs, health style. All that's fair. Now, it doesn't mean anybody asking the question knows as much as you. But you still need to address the question because you're the Florida Gators coach. All right, we're going to break, wrap up hour one next. Now 
back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on a Thursday. Appreciate Chris Marler coming on from Saturday Down South, and he mentioned something there about Brian Harson. Um, and I talked the the Auburn game on Monday. I talked the Auburn coach and the Auburn season a little bit yesterday. And I said that I hadn't talked enough about him this year, and I haven't because I kept waiting for it to really seem significant. And Akron and was it Akron and Alabama State, I believe, to start the season. That wasn't significant. And then it was a loss at Penn State where they played well. And they showed really well against a team that, I mean, we know what Penn State is right now. They're a team with a ceiling, but they're a tough team. They're well-coached. They have a, a really upperclassman quarterback. And they got shiny, sparkly pieces. What is it, Jahan Dotson? And, I mean, they've got, they got good ball players. And it was on the road in that environment. It's the kind of game where afterwards, you know, one of my themes this year that I saw, everybody just – all of us got in, in line with this. Let's give credit for losses. Like, I'm not going to give credit for losses, but if we say, well, the game's already happened, it's in the rear view, if it's a given that but there is no time machine available – all right, well, what do we know now that we didn't know before? Or, and this is another, because that's just discovery. And there's an injury and somebody has to step in and they have to play, well, we know that guy's a ball player we didn't know before. That This is, this is different what I'm talking about. Who's better as a result of, it's not, well, what do we know now as a result of, you know, we lost, but what do we know now as a result of playing? No, who's better as a result of playing that game? Bo Nix was better, I believe. He even got pulled the next week against Georgia State, but that's that experience better for him. That offensive line was better, even though they lost. That, that was it was it was a game that once it was decided, and all there was to do was look at. Because remember, I said I feel good after a loss. No, that's the wrong verbiage. This is what you are after a loss: either more confident of our ability to compete against an elite opponent. Or less confident of our ability to. That's it. Feel pretty good after this. That was Florida. That was Florida after losing at home to Bama. Hey, we don't want to lose because we're UF. But hey, we feel pretty good about ourselves. No. Your ability to compete against an elite opponent. And even at home, even against an opponent that we know is as strong as Alabama. Even with a strong second half, we were able to run the football a lot. There were still more at least red flags or maybe pink flags shooting off left and right than than green flags. But we chose to ignore them. It was it was uh, Florida State after Notre Dame. Hey, we're Florida State. We're unconquered. But I feel pretty good after that loss. No, 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 no. Evaluate how you are able to compete versus a like opponent. That's the value. And um, Auburn has shown themselves. They turned the season into something. And they still have opportunities. Because there could be a loss or two or three in November, um, or there could be none. So, really good job so far from Brian Harson. That's an understatement. Like I said yesterday, I think he's coach of the year. What up, Dan? College football. That, that's still going on, huh? We're, we're still doing that thing right now, th- this time of the year. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's still a thing. Yeah, it it just, is. Yeah, Not just, just baseball. Yeah, it's just been uh, an eternal vortex, I think, for the last few days. And he, I finally got spit back out, and here I am. Yeah, he is back from Houston. He was in the World Series. Dan from Texas, of course, was out yonder covering the World Series, as well as college football. Uh, do, were you listening earlier? Oh. Uh, you, are, you have been charged with booking Ed Ogeron. Yeah. For November 4th, 2022. Okay. Like, I want to know. I said, we are going to interview him a year from today. And I said, he's not going to be coaching. 
No. He's going to have like Coach O instead of LSU on his golf shirt, and he's going to be a media personality at that point. I, I would probably have yeah. to believe that I'll be having to go through a Amanda, Amanda at ESPN or yeah. uh, whoever is with Fox or somebody like that. That's probably – you know, uh, you brought up Bo Nix here for a second, and I joined uh, our good friends on uh, WNSP yesterday. Uh, Steven Root in for uh, Dave Schultz, mm-hmm. and uh, I was asked about – uh, Auburn in A&M this weekend, and I said the difference is going to be the quarterback play, which if it's the quarterback play, then i got to believe it's going to be Bo Nix. But you know more than anything, I think, what we're seeing right now with Auburn? They're a really well-coached football team, and that's showing. Where a few weeks ago, Bo Nix throwing to 10 different receivers against Arkansas, and you're seeing a defense, too, that gets better and better every single week, which they already had a pretty good group as is, but Derek Mason is helping that group go forward. I don't think this is a fluke, what Auburn has been able to do to this point of the season, minus the two hiccups that they had earlier in the year. No real failing against a good Penn State team at their place and then a good uh, Georgia uh, team at their place as well. And trying to finish with a strong enough november to wrap it all up with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.